Dave and Dujanovic have inside sources. Okay, you have a one in 15,000 chance of getting struck by lightning in your lifetime. Um, your single representative in Congress represents more than 700,000 people. So my point here is you have a better chance of being struck by lightning <laughs> than bumping into Senator Mitt Romney on the street. Well, it's a little different. It's even worse with uh, with the senators. Well, that's why I said <laughs> Senator Mitt the, Romney. No, this for the, for the House of Representatives. Oh, the, House of Reps. Yeah. Okay, so you will basically never bump into Representative Chris Stewart at City Creek Mall. That's how like rare how rare it is because there's so many people that they represent. I think that's probably shocking to a lot of people. They probably don't realize that your congressional representative represents you and 734,000 of your closest friends. So what did it used to be like? When we started, the ratio was for every representative, 30,000 people. So think of that standard. It meant it was actually really possible to know your representative. They had to be directly accountable to the people. And that's uh, Danielle Allen from Harvard University. She wrote an opinion piece in the Washington Post, and she joined CNN. And I know it sounds crazy, but yes, a bigger house would help us a lot. The house was always supposed to grow with the population. That was supposed to get flexibility, dynamism. Its dynamics could change as the population changes. Fact that it's been stuck for a hundred years is partly why we have such a sort of rigid, frozen system. I wonder how many people, going back to your eighth grade civics class, knows how many members there are in the House of Representatives. Now, obviously, if I'm looking at Boyd Matheson, that number four thirty-five just you know f- flows off the tongue. But how many people realize that representing three hundred and twenty million Americans right now, our representative government? In the House of Representatives, it's 435 folks to represent all of us. Is that truly representative, Boyd, or do we need more people? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing, and this is one of those that I, I like to stay curious about because I, I am one of those, and I think the founders strongly believed that the government that governs closest to the people governs best because there is that, that dynamic relationship, that connection. Uh, I also think you have to look at things from a, an interesting perspective. So if we go if we go all the way back to when uh, the country began, 30,000 people per representative, uh, you also have to realize that those 30,000 people were really spread out over a vast area. And the only way you could get around is to walk or maybe if you had a horse. So were you more likely to run into your representative? Mm. Very few people in the country could actually read or write a letter to their member of Congress, where today... In seven seconds, any one of us could find out where our representative is, what committee assignments they're meeting in today. And so there, there is a component to this where we may actually be a little more connected than we think. The number's still huge yes. uh, when you look at 760,000. Uh, and so it's one of those that I, I love to toy with this and play with this because on one hand, yeah, governing closest to the people is always best. That's why we love local government. Uh, and I think we also have to keep in, in mind the fact that we are a very interconnected society. And we also have to look at the cost. Imagine even if you just doubled it, Dave, if you if you doubled the size of Congress, which then would be one to three hundred and sixty three thousand seven hundred and twenty, uh, add double the size of the budget in terms of congressional staff. Hmm. Where's that money coming from, Dave? 
<laughs> the answer and is you, Dave. And you. <laughs> and Debbie. And, Deb. uh, and Deb, So yeah. it's a really interesting one to toy with. Um, Boyd, so you worked back in con- in Congress. You worked for Senator Mike Lee. If I sent Senator Lee or – I don't want to just necessarily talk about Senator Lee, but um, any member of Congress um, – my representative, my senator, if I send him an email, does that get a response? Yeah, absolutely. Is it, absolutely. Is it, is it an automated response? Uh, usually there will be an automated, depending on what the issue is, it will be, we got it. Uh, we got it. We're looking this up. And then it will go to, uh, from a, most likely an intern would, would intake it as an email, would then go to the staff appropriate. So maybe it's an immigration issue. I maybe see. it's a social security okay. issue. And then that would go forward to a committee or, or to the senator. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I love, and many of our representatives do this, Senator Lee does it all the time, uh, and that is he will go to the phone bank where the interns are, where when constituents call, mm. that's who's answering the phone. And Senator Lee would spend hours there answering the phone. And it was always interesting because a lot of people wouldn't believe that it was Senator Lee answering the, first the phone. One to say no way. And some people, yeah. and some people would say, "Oh, well, of course he answered my call." <laughs> and so it was always a, my an interesting thing. Issue is the most important but, issue. Yeah, yeah. but I, but I think our representatives do nice. a pretty doggone good job okay. of of connecting and responding to those. I was yeah. curious about that because if you have that many constituents, that is a lot of people to go door to door. And so if you can get if you can get a response via email. That does help. Yeah, absolutely. And and can I just give a shout out to the congressional staff? Uh, we, especially in this state, from all of the offices, mm. we have some of the most extraordinary people who work untold hours to do everything from veterans benefits to Social Security to immigration. Uh, and they do a lot of the hard work and heavy lifting uh, that helps our representatives represent the people and, and help them solve problems. I look at 435 members uh, in the House of Representatives, 100 senators, obviously. How does that compare to some of the other countries in the in the world? And this is what Danielle Allen had to say. The British Parliament is larger than we are. The German Bundestag is larger than our lower house. So lots of places around the world are already operating at a higher scale, even though their populations are so much smaller than ours. So I looked at Britain. And because I was curious about British Parliament, they have 650 seats in British Parliament. They're a fifth of the size of the United States, and they are larger than us. So if they've figured out a way to make it work, why why can't we? And that's the question: is how's it working? Have you ever have you ever really watched <laughs> British <chaos>. Parliament? <laughs> it, it is chaos. It's a lot of chaos. Now there are some interesting benefits, though, um, and that is that they often end up with a lot of coalition governing. So you end up with not just two political parties, you end up with 77 political parties. And in some ways that can be very good to bring all the voices to the table, which I think is a a critical thing that everybody wants. At the same time, it makes it very unwieldy in governing. And if you want to look at a good example of that right now, look at Israel. Uh, In the Knesset, you've got all of these different factions. And now you've got Bibi Netanyahu, who had to, in order to have power to be the prime minister, he had to align with the farthest to the far right of coalitions that are now actually dismantling the judiciary system in Israel. Uh, and so there, there can be some pluses for sure. Uh, and the thing that we have to make sure we're asking ourselves is what do we want out of it? Uh, it's, not, it's not what it is. It's what do we expect out of it? And if we want politics out of it, adding more will probably make it worse, not better. Uh, if we want to get to better governing, uh, then we need to look at a way of does, do those voices add to it? Does it bring more people to the table? Uh, there are definitely some things that, that we definitely need to explore.
I wonder if it was an end around to a, a larger conversation of uh, more government, uh, larger house, larger Supreme Court. You know, when we're, when we're talking about packing the court, I, I, I wonder at what point do you draw the line? Because I, I'm not sure representing 736,000 people mm-hmm. is that much different than representing 350,000 or 125. Yeah, and then what's available to connect with them? What does connection actually mean? Uh, does it mean bumping into them on the street or in the tavern? Uh, does it mean being able to connect with them in an email or in a teletown hall that millions mm-hmm. can participate in that they never could do when there was only 30,000? I, I, We've talked to... Uh, Representative Curtis and Stewart and Blake Moore, they've all said this. When they hold town halls, it's always a disappointing turnout. Even though they have 750,000 people they represent, they get 20 people there. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not really participating ourselves, yeah. and are that's, we? And that's really indicative uh, because people are more interested in the politics than they are in the policy discussion, which is what those town halls usually get into. Now, the the digital town halls, end up having higher participation. Yeah, they live online, too. Yeah. So I've gone back yeah. afterwards. I wasn't attending yeah, exactly. at the moment, but I've gone back and watched them. Boyd Matheson, thank you so much for jumping in studio. Look forward to your show today at 1 o'clock, Inside Sources. Straight ahead, Lindsay Ayers, our political reporter, with her eye on Utah's Capitol Hill, counting down the minutes until the closing bell of the 2023 legislative session tomorrow night at 11.59. Uh, We're going to ask her a couple of questions. Uh, The pregnant women being able to use the HOV lane if they're the only one with the baby on board in the car. Uh, We're going to find out what happened with that piece of legislation. I heard uh, the optional all-day kindergarten bill uh, got through. We're going to ask her about that. And then there's new information on repealing the food tax.